Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Ben, aka Sketch256 on Twitch. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. How you doing? What have you been up to, man? Dude, I've I've been I've been really busy. It's been um it's been pretty nuts. We had like family and friends vacationing not vacationing, visiting last weekend and I've got something going on until probably like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. Like, like basically working from like 7 in the morning until about 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night Jeez. virtually every day of the rest of the week. So uh, it's getting that time of the semester. So it's going to be a little busy. Um, barely have time to stream, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but, um, but I'm doing well. How about yeah. you? Pretty good, you know, just uh, trying to, I don't know, just trying to, just trying to live my life. <laughs> just trying to be the I'm real stopping me. you <laughs> no just work has been busy don't, um don't do that it's terrible <laughs> advice don't don't be the real you <laughs> yeah I, just, I need to be the the me everybody else wants to be around that's true that's, that's true. true that's good advice for every all the listeners <laughs> no i've been good i've been uh working trying to finish up a, a couple of projects um been playing a little bit more uh a little bit more xbox um now that i have kind of like a reason that I wanna want to get back into oh. it with the Outer Worlds. What's that reason? What you what you been? Oh, the Outer, Outer Worlds. worlds. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's so good. But I uh, I I've been playing. So I I touched on a couple of games. Like Game Pass is awesome. The Xbox Game Pass is, yeah. is so good. Uh, I downloaded Moonlighter. Played that for a little bit. It was really fun. Moonlighter's great. And then I downloaded um, for, uh, for Horizon Zero, not Horizon Zero, no. Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> Forza Horizon Zero Dawn. 4, yeah. 4. <laughs> no, um, Forza uh, Horizon 4, uh, which was really fun. That game is Horizon beautiful. Forza. Uh-huh. Aloy drives uh, a Nissan 350 dinosaur robot Mm -hmm. she mounts a dinosaur head to it and then she races a bunch of people across the u.s dude that's that's good that's savage that's intense yeah (laughs) it's a new game from gorilla (laughs) (laughs) no uh um it that game is beautiful it's it's really fun i used to be into car games like a lot yeah really really into them i played Gran turismo games i played the need for speed games uh need for speed wanted need for speed underground um i was like in into those games um like i i did the endurance races too in gran turismo i think i've told you that before but it's those ones that are through like 300 laps you take like three hours um holy crap yeah and i i would do those so i was like really really into racing games and then um i fell off them for a long long time uh played uh forza horizon uh the first one when it came out but you know never really jumped back into it too much but i played this one it was really fun i really like what they're doing with that game um yeah the, the cars are fun the 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 controls are fun um they give you a, a good bit of freedom um as well as like okay. keeping you in the action so you know racing games car games there's not too much to them um it's just, it's it's just one of those games that it's like you know kind of like madden or any other sports game there's only so much you can do so that means you just need to do it very very well and I think for, right. know, Forza has, has done it really, really well. Um, okay. And so the game's really fun, and it's one of the games I feel like I'm going to jump in and out of and, and, and play every once in a while. Play Racer, yeah. play Racer. 
Um, so that's, sure. that was really cool. Kind of, kind of change up the, the games that I was playing a little bit. Uh, Moonlighter is pretty fun. Um, little dungeon crawler type thing where it's like, um, roguelite. Yeah. Yeah. Persistent, uh, like levels, the levels kind of generate differently every time you enter them. Um, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the gameplay loop, it's, it's really quick. Like how, how quickly you hit that gameplay loop because it's you know sure. during the day you sell the items that you get from the dungeon and in the dungeon you're just trying to get as far as you can and get the the best loot so that you can sell that at the store to yeah. upgrade your mm-hmm. person to get deeper in the dungeon and that's the gameplay loop and um right it it's fun it's one of those games that's hard for me to stay in you know it's okay it, it's, yeah and nothing against the game. The game is awesome. I think the gameplay is really great. The The design has been awesome. The music is really, really great. Um, every aspect of the game is just really, really good. It's just not the type of game that I get hooked on. And so yeah. um, so nothing against the game at all. I think it's a great game. If it's your type of game, you definitely need to check it out. Um, uh, real quick, could you could you tell me why do you hate the game and everyone who likes it? Because <laughs> the game sucks. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's a great game. It really is a great game. No, I I really I understand. I played about three quarters of that game, and then yeah. some somewhere along the way, I just kind of lost interest. It's sure. a good game. Mm-hmm. Like I I like it. I just it didn't have something that was like keeping me drawing me back. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think some other games like made some like I think Destiny Two was really in a bad place when Moonliner came out, but yeah. then they started releasing stuff that made it better and more fun to play. Sure. So I got back into it and then I just kind of forgot about Moonliner. I still need to beat it, but yeah, yeah it's, it's a really fun game and the gameplay loop is really cool. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think it's, um, I, I joked around a lot. Like this game has got better character progression than destiny does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <right>. You know, <laughs> this like indie title. Um, like I felt more powerful. Yeah. Uh, more rewarded in the, in the gameplay loop mm-hmm. than I did in destiny two at the time. Uh, and, and so it was, yeah, and it takes a certain kind of person that that likes those platformers, like Super Meat Boy and uh, Cuphead, and it's it's the challenge. It's, you know, sometimes those people really like the challenge, and so it's yeah, more it's about tough. the the gameplay and beating something super difficult. Um, where me, I've said it before, I'm motivated by story, and yeah. um, you know, with a game like this, it's a very simple story. You know, there's not too much to it. Um, and I'm not saying yeah, that's a bad like was... thing. It's just there's just not, you know, much to the story. There's a there's a there's a kind of a basic overview of a plot, and but yeah. there's not much that like pushes that forward. Um, and it's more. About I felt the like there were play. some secrets. I felt like there were some secrets that were gonna be there. I just mm-hmm. it it wasn't enough to like keep me going. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it was like if they had just given a couple more like breadcrumbs, um, right. I think that would have. That would have hooked me a, a bit more. Sure. So yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and it's just not my type of game, which is you know it's fine. Um, there are a lot of people who like yeah. those types of games, um, like the games oh, like sure. Fez too, Celeste, um, and so. Um, but it's a it's a cool game. So it was really fun to kind of check those games out. You been playing anything new yourself? Anything different? Um, so I was talking to my wife the other day, um, and a buddy of mine who plays games, and I just I just said there's not enough time. Like there's not <laughs> enough time. Cause I want to play a lot of destiny yeah. too. And I yeah. want it like, there's a new dungeon. There's yeah. a raid that we haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. There's, there's things happening in that game that I want to be a part of. And I need, I need to play a certain amount to be able to do that. Right. 
Um, and then I also fell in love with the outer worlds, <laughs> Right. <laughs> which if you're going to play that game fully, it's going to take at least 40 hours, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, um, it's just one. I haven't been able to play it. I haven't been able to play much of either of those games in the past four or five days. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just kind of annoying because I want to play, yeah. But there's just not there's not enough time unless I make poor decisions in the rest of my life, right? Um, which I'm not willing to do. Yeah, right. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll get uh, there. <laughs> a couple yeah, more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but tonight, you know, it was it was a long day and mm-hmm. um, it's been a, a busy few days. And so after this, me and uh, Lit You and Schmizmar are going to try out the new dungeon. Oh, nice! Uh, in Destiny, and I'm going to stream that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought, well, I assume it's going to be fun. <laughs> I think I probably will. Uh, just finding time for those two things. But yes, uh, we're going to talk about it more later. But yeah, the Outer Worlds just hooked me. And right. I, I've really been enjoying playing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it because I got a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Mostly good. There are a couple, I, of, couple of bad things. But mostly I did beat Banner things. Saga 1. Oh, awesome. You're ahead of me on that one then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So I beat Banner Saga 1, and I started 2, but literally just started. Um, so what did you think about it, I guess, now that you finished the first one? I liked it. I It took me some time to get used to the idea that sometimes it doesn't matter what decision you make, a bad thing is going to happen. Yeah. That's um, the tone of that game. <laughs> yeah. and I And I will say, probably the last three four hours it was just like bad thing on top of bad thing on top of bad thing on top of bad thing that was happening and i just thought this is really depressing i I need some (laughs) levity here um it was it's great like it's it's a beautiful story Mm -hmm. um and in some ways that it doesn't matter what decision you make something bad is going to happen puts a lot of gravity into the story and so you feel very much a part of the story of what's happening. Yeah. You get invested in the characters, which is saying a lot because it's a, it's, it's like watching an active cartoon. Yeah. Right. Know? There's not moving character models for the most part. Like they blink or their hair moves in the wind slightly. Yeah. Right. But you, you grow to really care for these characters and their development. What happens? I remember I went to one area, I went to this one village I was supposed to be at, mm-hmm. uh, to advance part of the story. And my daughter in the game came to me and said she was scared to be there, um, and that this man kept on looking at her, I remember in a, that part. In a, like in a unwholesome way. Yeah, and that honestly was the thing that tipped my hand. I thought if I stay here, he's going to attack my daughter. I'm getting out. Yeah, <laughs> and I may have changed some of the story in big ways because I was supposed to be in that town for something. Right. And I moved our caravan like as soon as I had the opportunity because of that. It, and it's it's just so odd because it's obviously not a real character. Yeah. Nothing's really going to happen. But you feel that, um, you feel the weight of those consequences, which is actually a great segue into our main topic of the night. Yeah. And talking about these these games that pull you into their stories and the roles that you play in them. Yeah. Hint, hint. So uh, <laughs> I pitched this idea to Ben um, a few days ago. Um, and wanna... I thought it was garbage. <laughs> He did, but I, I said, it doesn't matter. This is my podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do the audio editing, so deal with it. Yeah, so everything that you're hearing about him, if he agrees with me, that's just me editing him to agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had me record certain stock sounds. Yeah. Yes, I <laughs> agree with you. Yep. Wow, great point, Nick. Yep. 
<laughs> See, all that was re-recorded a few days ago. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. no, uh, this yeah. uh, this idea is I want to start a series that's um, that's called What Makes, and uh, the whole idea is we're gonna we're gonna tear apart a specific um, idea or topic or genre of game or whatever, and just, just rip it to shreds. Just talk about it. And, yeah, tear it apart. No, just break it down into to seeing what makes it what it is so um today we're going to talk about what makes a good rpg um and i think this is a really good time to do this just considering like the state of some of the rpgs that we've had come out and the state of i guess (laughs) triple a games and then the outer worlds uh kind of like rocking everybody's boat uh because it's not only a game that um most people I guess weren't necessarily expecting, um, but the amount of polish and the amount of of good uh, that this game does, I, I think, oh, yeah. surprised everybody. Um, and so, I wanted to kind of talk about it, define it, what makes it an RPG, what makes it a good RPG. But before that, uh, we want to kind of lead up to it by um, first defining some terms and then kind of going through some RPGs that we we really loved and think are great um and maybe even try to define why some games might fall into the rpg category or why they might be hybrid categories um so first of all kind of our rpg hall of fame or pedigree yeah absolutely from what we what we cut our rpg teeth on yeah because i mean the rpgs are, are my favorite genre uh so you know i think it's really important for me to understand why i like these games and they're definitely so, one of mine for sure. Yeah. So, um, first of all, an RPG. What is an RPG? Uh, ben, do you have any sort of definition for this? I guess personal definition. It's kind of funny. We were talking before the podcast, and you mentioned a couple of games that I, I kind of perked up at and thought, "Is that an RPG?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the lines are somewhat blurred, or more blurred than they used to be. Because lots of games have RPG elements, right? But I don't know that they're truly RPGs. Sure. Um, so the idea, I think, an RPG element is that you have a character that you can develop over time, mm-hmm. either acquiring new uh, weapons or or gear in some ways that boost your character's abilities. Um, but you also adopt and play a role. Mm-hmm. um in a in a story right um so i think about a, you know part of that has to do with you can make certain decisions that change the outcome of the game it's it's almost like a choose your adventure storybook mm-hmm. um you make a decision and it changes something about the world or the ways that people experience you and you play a role in that way mm-hmm. and so those are two things those are two pretty hallmark things i look for that signal in my brain. That's a role-playing sure. game. Yeah, and role-playing games, of course, find their uh, origins from tabletop RPGs uh, like Dungeons and Dragons, um, yeah, Pathfinder, uh, those games, Cyberpunk uh, 2020, I think it was, um, or the original like Cyberpunk tabletop game. Um, sure. Like those were where RPGs came, you know, came from the video games that we have now. They came from those origins where. Um, the human players create a character um, or, you know, can generate a character based on some um, parameters and take control of that player. So every decision that you make is 
is feels real and it feels very immersive right. and uh if you watch any um any rpgs now tabletop rpgs if you play them or if you watch streams of them or anything like that a lot of these people really really get into their character and who they are oh yeah and uh even you know greatly affecting how they would react um in the game you know that could be very very different than how they would normally react in real life as as who they are and so i think a big big part of an rpg is immersion like immersing yourself immersing yourself as that character immersing yourself immersing (laughs) (laughs) yes that's an even an even more immersive experience so so what's the difference between the immersion factor of an rpg or a first person shooter like how would you define the differences there well i think i would probably go even a bit more a step back and say there's there's different levels of immersion in an RPG. Sure. Yeah. So for an, an example could be, um, there are some games that you truly can make a character that is going along kind of the same storyline, but you pick the name, you mm-hmm. pick the race, you pick all of the attributes, you pick exactly the kind of character you want that person to be. Right. And they play all the same story missions, but for all intents and purposes, they are different than any other person that could be made in the story. Right. Uh, compared to even like a, a, some would argue is the greatest RPG, one of the greatest RPG series of all time, Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, in every game, you are Cap- Commander Shepard. You right. can choose to be douchebag Commander Shepard or good guy Commander Shepard right. or in the middle Commander Shepard, but you are that commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when they talk to you, that's who they're referring to. And so there's there's some freedom there, but I think that the experience is a bit more immersive when you get to pick everything about who right. you are. The name, the race, all kind. And I mean race, not just like black or white. I mean, Species, if you play Skyrim, yeah. you can be a, a Khajiit or whatever, right. you know, like a, a lizard, lizard person. person. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, yeah. There's lots of things that you can do, like an actual different race uh, <laughs> rather than an actual different skin color. Um, the nerd yeah, term so race. I, yeah <laughs> and, and so even like a, a first person shooter is it immersive sure because that's that's you you know it's your hands you're looking at in the game but it also might feel i mean you know goldeneye you were james bond you yeah. weren't someone else uh halo you were master chief you weren't somebody else right and so in some ways it's not i don't think it can be as not for me it can't be as immersive right it's more about um putting you so first person shooters to me are more about putting you in this world and just kind of sending you in a specific direction to tell a particular story and i feel like rpgs are definitely about making the character yours specific to you and how you want to play and how you want to experience the story and I think the the good RPGs don't necessarily direct you in any particular way. It's like here are all the options. Pick how how you want to go about it. Um, See, that's actually not one of my favorite things to experience. But uh, <laughs> we can definitely talk about different. So, sometimes if I if I get thrown into a game and yeah. then I can go in fifty different directions at one time, yeah. I feel very overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I would almost. Uh, I almost like a little bit more. You're on rails, but you right. can make some different decisions as you're going. That for me, that's what I prefer. Sure. Some people absolutely hate that and they don't want to be told anywhere to go. They right. truly want to adopt a truly a completely original role in right. that world, and that's that's totally fine. But yeah, yeah, and so um, 
so there are a couple of different uh, other terms that we want to define, like open world versus sandbox. So open world um, RPGs are something like Mass Effect or The Outer Worlds. Um, those games are very much like huge, huge maps, big maps, but there it's not just one giant world and you can go anywhere in that world without having to necessarily like fast travel or whatever. Um, the Bethesda games like Skyrim, Fallout, those are sandbox games. It's one giant oh. map. Horizon Zero Dawn's the same way, one giant map. Um, which are oh, okay. which are three to a point is is the same way. Like the the maps there are huge, and you could tra- traverse across the entire map, and it'd take forever. Mm. But th- those are op- sandbox games. I think to a degree, Final Fantasy VII was that way as well. Um, uh, Far Cry games, I think those would be considered sandbox games because it's not. A, f- a bunch of different maps um it's one giant yeah. map and everything takes place on that one big map um destiny i think would be considered open world game not necessarily a sandbox game but an open world game because mm. it's a bunch of okay. different bigger maps um so like you got the earth sure. you got titan you got mars so um right so that's kind of a, a defining and of course these aren't necessarily terms to define just rpgs you can have first person shooters that do that same thing um but for the most right. part rpgs take advantage of open worlds and sandbox worlds because they're wanting to let you have control how you want to experience the story in the world sure and so sure. um and then there are a couple other terms uh linear versus non-linear um so it's i think most RPGs are nonlinear, so you can. And we're talking about a nonlinear medium games on a on a spectrum. Place. Yeah, but um, but nonlinear RPGs for the most part are or non nonlinear games. Um, I need to get my brain straight. RPGs would be considered more nonlinear because you're not experiencing a story in any particular specific way. There's the main overview plot, then you have a bunch of side quests that you can do, and you can accomplish sure. all of that in any order that you'd like. Um, and I think that's a big, big part of RPGs is just the freedom of choice, the freedom yeah. to do what you want, how you want, whenever you want, um, right. which is something that you hate, obviously, or don't necessarily <laughs> like. Um, no, I like it to a degree. Um, but I, so can, I would I, say I... I I mean, and we can talk about this when we get to get into like what we think makes a good RPG. Sure, I like some direction. Sure, you know, I, I like I like to be able to choose five different things in one direction rather right. than choose fifty different things in twelve different directions all right. at the same time. <laughs> and that, see, to me, I love having that total freedom because I do like right. to explore everything. I'm that guy that walks oh, yeah. into a room and like in an RPG and specifically goes either left and falls along the wall or goes right and falls along the wall all the way around the room (laughs) till I can see every little nook and cranny, get every item. Um, That's no, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I just like general. So, I mean, I don't want to get too off track because we're we're still trying to get into it, but you know, like in in outer worlds, I go to a new map Mm -hmm. and I search the whole map. Sure. But I also, I also was like able to pick certain quests in a certain like in a certain amount of linearity. Like mm-hmm. it traveled in a straight line. Right. It was it was slightly bendy, but it wasn't just 
do whatever. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, that just, yeah, I just feel overwhelmed when that happens. I'm like, okay, I, I need a little bit more, a little bit more on rails. Right. Um, and so obviously listeners for linear, we're talking about in the line. So sure. if you played, if you played like Halo or you play, uh, Call of Duty, like a new Call of Duty just yep. came out, I'm assuming that the mission structure is the same. You do one mission after the next, after the mm-hmm. next, after the next. It goes in the same order for every single player. It's linear. Yep. But if you could choose to do any mission that you wanted at any time and go in any order, that would be nonlinear, mm-hmm. right? Or the same same deal with Skyrim. You can go in Skyrim and you can play, uh, you can play the next like the Civil War quest and get it started, or you could go be a companion and start mm-hmm. that quest line, or you could join the assassin group. I can't remember what they're called now. Um, or you could join the mage guild. You could do any of those quests, or you could just run around in the loincloth the entire time, chasing dragons, right. and never have to do any of it. Right? Like, you know, like so. That's, like that's most platformer games are linear uh, in their storytelling. Like Celeste was pretty yeah. linear. Um, Ori, I think, was a little bit more non-linear, wasn't it? So you can kind of take on areas. It was pretty in, linear in ev- any. So I would say no. I would say it's more more linear. It it presented itself as non-linear, but gotcha. um. It, in some ways, like you couldn't get to certain areas unless you had certain abilities unlocked. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, so there's it was a little more bit. linear. Okay. Um, but that's, I think, for the most part, most RPGs are in a nonlinear fashion as far as the story goes, as far as quests right. and everything. Um, so uh, let's start with, uh, with Kotar, Knights of the Old Republic. You were pretty big into that. And I think when we're. When we were roommates in Auburn, you actually played through it again or something like that. You, I probably you, did. You really love that game. game. So what makes that game so good? What makes well, it a good before RPG? We do that, let, let's, before, before we do that, I think it would be helpful to go back through our like RPG pedigree, and then we can talk through okay. kind of our favorites and yeah, what yeah. makes them great. Um, so why don't you start? Okay. Where, where are some of the RPGs that you you know you really favor the most? So I started with probably the the first one was probably a game called Shining Force, which is more tactics okay. based, but it was RPG. It was the first time I was able to play a game where you can customize the the players, it, not yeah. as far as like super customization, but you can pick their armor and you can pick their weapons and. That right. sort of thing. Um, that opened my mind to the whole idea of like RPGs. I just didn't know that games like that existed. Sorry about that. And then yeah. um, Final Fantasy VII was the one that like blew me out of the water. Um, sure. Because I never played anything like that. It was, it's pretty on rails for the first little part when you're in the, the first city. Uh, but then it just yeah. opens up to this giant world, which I think is is what makes this a sandbox game. Um, and it was crazy it was it, it just made me fall in love with the genre as a whole um played a few more um smaller rpgs but um played the mass effect games um in between final fantasy 7 and mass effect i played a lot of more racing games and that sort of thing um yeah. super smash brothers but then uh came back to it with probably mass effect um mm-hmm. and then uh, oblivion uh fallout 3 um skyrim Fallout 4, uh, more recently, Witcher 3, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, yeah. I think Far Cry, um, they're getting more and more RPG. Uh, because, yeah, RPG elements. Yeah, yeah, so I would consider it like a, a, a shooter RPG because it takes place in a sandbox. 
Um, you don't necessarily get to customize who your character is, but you get to customize skills. Um, you can customize That's and to, to adjust how, to how you play. So if you want to be more of like an herbalist or more of like a running gun or more stealthy, um, you can adjust to that. Um, so they're right. getting more and more RPG like uh, Destiny. I, I think it's they're they're definitely stepping more into RPG territory just because of the nature of how they want that game to run as more Absolutely. of an MMO. So I think it first started off as a first person shooter, um, like an open world first person shooter, and then they've just kept moving more and more into RPG elements, especially with this latest update with the weapon system and the armor system. Sure. Um, and then. Uh, the Outer Worlds, um, really loving the Outer yeah. Worlds, um, and I I really really want it to play, want to play Dungeons and Dragons tabletop RPGs. I just don't have. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. I don't have a group of people that to play with. I don't have a history of it. You know, uh, I didn't grow up around people that that did play it. But I have this. We need a dungeon master. Yeah, I have this huge desire to play it. I have the starter kit. I've like I'm trying to like learn how to be a dungeon master because i think if if okay. no one else i could lead a game and if yeah, i can get sure. some people going i think i've talked to you about about playing yeah um but i i really really want to you know I, i've got the the player's handbook and the uh, dungeon master's handbook and i mean i've what got it. i want right? to i want to play it so this is how much i really really love rpgs that you know yeah but that one's hard to do because you need people to play with um to yeah. do tabletop rpgs so so what, sure. what about you? Where's your what's your history in RPGs? I was trying to remember. Um, I think the first RPG I ever played was Final Fantasy VII. Okay. Um, and I watched my brother play it a good bit. Yeah. But I don't. It was. I told this story. I think in one of the first podcasts. I twice I played through Final Fantasy VII and got about forty hours deep, and my memory got my. In my saves because it was all on memory cards back then, but they got deleted. Hmm. Um, and I think after that, I just didn't have it in me to go back through it. Again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and then I played a lot of Final Fantasy X. I never beat it. I got stuck playing. Uh, what was that sport that was in the game? It was like underwater, and you threw a ball back and forth. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was it was like a mini game within. Final Fantasy X, and I played way too much of that. Oh, yeah, really yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Waka, he was like the guy. He was, he, he yeah. was like one of these, one of those, but yeah, anyway. Um, I think Kingdom Hearts is an RPG or an action RPG, something like it. You, you have upgradable action, talents. Action RPG. Uh, it's not totally linear. Like, you can choose which, which uh, like, Disney planets you want to go to in different orders. Right. Um, but it's still it's still pretty on rails, and you're like one character, Sora. So then after that would probably be Knights of the Old Republic mm. uh, 1 and 2. Um, and I love Knights of the Old Republic. It was just, to this day, it still feels like the only game that truly made me feel like I was a Jedi. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Even though it was third person and it was, you know, it's on the original Xbox brick, you right. know, massive. <laughs> I think you can play it on your phone Con now. <laughs> yeah, you can play it. It probably runs better on your phone now than it did uh, on that massive console. 
Uh, but I loved the story of it. I loved feeling like I was a Jedi and like going through the training and developing powers and I could pick different paths. And I love the persuasion options that you could have in dialogue and yeah. the characters, the relationships you could develop with your characters. And the story was fantastic. I could go on for a long time about Knights of the Republic 1. Still has one of the best twists of like video game history. Like it, yeah. it's, it's listed in a lot of um, like tier lists as far as surprises and video game stories it's I think, Couture, it, I think it set a standard too um because bioware they they did they're the ones that did kotor right and then building off did, of that yeah. they built mass effect i think a lot of the elements they they did with kotor yeah. go ahead probably so i mean they had like those branching dialogue trees yeah. and you can make differences and you can and it was also kind of you're going to tell the same story no matter what but mm-hmm. Your character is, has these morality systems, basically. Right. Uh, you can be light side or dark side, and the same thing happened with um, Mass Effect. You'd be a paragon or a rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what the the two divisions were. But um, and then I played Ren- Knights Renegade. of the Republic, Renegade. That's Renegade, what it was. Yeah. Um, I played Knights of the Old Republic two, and that was made by Oblivion, who are the same people who made um, Outer Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, Obsidian? But I think that Obsidian, Obsidian. yeah. Yeah, and they. What did I say? Oblivion. Did I say? I said oblivion. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Obsidian, obsidian, like the rock, not like forgetting everything. Um, <laughs> uh, Kotor two uh, had really great systems and improved on the game and on the first game in a lot of ways. Yeah, but the story wasn't as strong. Right. Um, and so it's it's always it's always ne- it's never been quite as good in my mind because of that. Okay. Um. So pause right there. Would that be yeah. one of a, de- a defining term of of or a defining characteristic characteristic of a good RPG is the story needs to be good because that's got to be the so. driving force on a good RPG, right? Well, I think that I think so because it's you're embodying a role in a story. You want to feel like the story matters and like you can really resonate and connect with it. Absolutely, uh, that's my experience at least. So yeah, I would I would argue that. A strong narrative uh, is is vital to a good RPG. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Um, the next one I can probably remember. Oh, well, Mass Effect. I played the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, we played a lot of Mass Effect too. You and I. Yeah. Um, the same copy. Me, you, and Trey would just swap out and you know yeah. <laughs> watch each other play. Um, so Mass Effect. The first one was like okay, and then the second one came out, and it was freaking great. Yeah. Just one of the best games I have ever played uh, to this day. Still, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, one of the one of the greatest video games I have ever played. The combat was great. The abilities were cool. It was it, the graphics were nice. Like it, the the character development was so deep, and yeah. the stakes were real because if you didn't develop those relationships, you didn't select right, and the last mission, some of those characters would die. Yep. Um, and it was just a cool cool experience uh and then they went and shrewded it with mass effect 3 which i could talk about for a really (laughs) long time uh mass effect 3 had lots of really great systems and things like that but again and the story was great up until the very end yeah um and i could talk about that for a long time but i I won't i I will spare the listeners for now we might get into it later if we're talking about you know things that we we thought made a bad rpg um and then skyrim i played a oh my ton gosh, of I that, yeah. way too much Skyrim. I watched you play it, and then you watched me play it. Same thing with Trey. We would all just watch each other play it, and we sunk yeah. way too much time into that game. I played a lot of Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of crazy. 
Um, Destiny, I would say, already was an RPG early on. RPG Lite. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's mostly on rails. Um, like the, the story is very linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't really make decisions that change or alter the world in a lot of ways because sure. the idea is it has to be replayable. Um, but still has RPG mechanics, like you can develop your character and change it in certain ways or get gear or weapons. So, right. I mean, that, that definitely has got RPG aspects in it. Um, and then I guess that le- leads me to... Well, I played Banner Saga. That's definitely an RPG. Mm. Um, and then uh, Outer Worlds has you know really captured my attention lately and just a really beautiful game. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so, yeah. I, I think starting off, um, I guess not starting off. We're in the middle of the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. well, I th- the mo- I think the most important part of what makes a good RPG is definitely story because that has to be the driving force. If you have games that yeah. that, are, that are like Call of Duty or Battlefield or um, any sports games, um, racing games, platformers, for the most part, that game can rely heavily on the gameplay. You know, not have such a deep um, progressive story um, like Celeste it's a great great game really great mechanics the story itself is is fairly light there's not too much to it not too much going on um, the gameplay is is kind of the shining thing about it and the art style and everything like that but you know it doesn't have to rely super heavily on the story um, so an RPG absolutely ne- needs a good RPG needs to have a great story a great yeah um Great main over overarching plot, but also good side quests and um, good side plots that are going on subplots. Uh, yeah, yeah, and definitely. Uh, it. I think a good RPG. This is probably not a, a requirement, but I think a good RPG gives you choice. So I think with mm. um, dialogue, for sure, um, I think that's one of the best things about the Outer Worlds right now is every every player can play it how they want to play it and the choices Absolutely. you make greatly affect the the game i mean right off the bat the, one of the first main parts main quests that you do is you have to choose <laughs> whether you want to divert power towards a city or towards a little you know um encampment um, yeah and it's it it makes a huge difference in how the rest of the story goes or i guess it in, was in crazy too goes it was crazy too because I went into that. I started making that, that quest thinking I know exactly what decision I'm going to make. Yeah, 100%. Like I was for the encampment. Right. I was going to divert power to the encampment, and whatever happens to the city is is well, that's too bad because the the business is corrupt and that kind of thing, and these people yeah. have no quality of life anyway. The head so, guy so. sucked. Reed Thompson. The head guy was a, a total <laughs> jerk. Uh, yeah, Thompson or Thompson or whatever his name. Yeah. Reed. Um, and then you're about to make the decision, and one of your character, your side characters, Pravardi, says, "Hey, can I talk to you about this decision?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure," because I just assumed that she could not change my mind. Right. Um, and then she basically let me know that if I diverted power away from the city, I was going to be ruining everyone's life uh-huh. in the city. Not just Reed Thompson's. Right. Not just the corporation, but these just hardworking people just trying to make a living and a life, you yeah. know, out here in the frontier. And the decision I was going to make was going to hurt them. Yeah. And <laughs> I still chose to divert power to the encamp- <laughs> I encampment. I did, I did to too. be like that. 
But I thought, I was like, holy crap, like this is a much tougher decision than I thought yeah. I was going to have to make. I was 100% like, screw the corporation, it's going to be fine. And then after she told me that, I, I really had a hard time deciding what I was going to do. <laughs> I think what was really great about that, one, it made you feel like your companions were actual like thinking people. They weren't just yeah. there. They weren't just acting however and just kind of a, a, a little fly on the wall. They actually have opinions. All of your companions have like certain opinions about things. And um, that yeah. made me realize the companions are actual like parts of the story. Um, and then mm -hmm. um, her saying what she said, it also like, yeah, it also you, like a lot of your focus is these corporations suck. The people that are in charge, they suck. They're terrible. Um, but then like, yeah, it's not as easy as black and white as you're just going to shut down power and then it's just going to, oh, everybody's going to celebrate. A yeah. lot of those people were kind yeah. of like brainwashed and thinking that they were in a good place serving these right. corporations and they're going to suffer. So like. Or they just every, didn't know any different. Right. Every decision in that game was like that. And I think that's. Yeah. An, I don't think that's that's necessarily a qualifier for a good RPG, but it definitely makes an RPG feel so much more immersive because it makes you feel yeah. part of the story like what you're doing actually matters i think that's why so yeah, i think go ahead no you can go ahead, go ahead. okay i Finish think that's thought. that's why people were so pissed off with mass effect andromeda because it was mass effect one through three you did have that well up until the end of three you did have that <laughs> choice and things were greatly affected even in to the point where like you had to make a choice on which one of your companions died um, yeah. During part of it, it that that bit of choice, like everybody was expecting that in Andromeda, and I think they even said that that's what they were going for. But I guess because they ran a research or whatever, it didn't happen. So yeah, people were just super disappointed with Andromeda, right? You know? um, well, and, and going along this idea of story, I mean, I think there's a couple things that um after playing some really great rpgs mm -hmm. and playing some and hearing about some games and playing some games that don't really work well even if they're not rpgs um it seems like the best ones really commit to a vision sure um, we talked about the importance of vision in one of the earlier podcasts mm -hmm. the outer worlds it, it fulfills this vision of this corporate overlord um they control everything you feel that in every conversation, mm -hmm. every world that you go to, you see the effects of that. And there's nothing that feels out of place or unintentional. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it does a great job of selling the atmosphere of the world that you're living in and therefore selling the story that you're playing a role in. Yeah. Um, along with that, like you said, the characters um, and the dialogue options that you have, one really important thing, one thing I think makes a really great RPG, it's not always necessary because there are some truly wonderful RPGs that don't have it, but voice acting can go a long way. Yes, absolutely. Um, so one thing that's not super great about the Outer Worlds is the facial animations are not mm -hmm. super wonderful. Like a lot of the characters can kind of look dead in the face. Robotic. You know? It's like that in Uncanny yeah. Valley. There's a little un uneasiness yeah. to I mean, looking at them. The character models look fine, but they don't move like a regular person would move. and mm -hmm. They don't have the same facial expressions all the time that you would expect from the, from, from the inflection in their voice. Sure. But I will say, I mean, the character, the voice acting in that game is fantastic. It is. It's great. And I, I think... mean, just based off of like Pravardi's voice, like mm -hmm. I want good things for that 
that character in yeah. the game. She just seems like a sweet girl. Right. <laughs> and there's there's there was a clear direction as far as the voice. Um, so like there's you can tell this game is heavily influenced by by Firefly, you know. The ship design, oh, yeah. the the world design, the whole kind of like cowboy feel. kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also that little bit of southern draw in a lot of lot of the voice acting. Um, Very like front frontier. Yeah, thing. and I think that's that's really really cool because there's this overarching idea that yeah they are in this frontier. They're giving this like firefly kind of feel uh, to to sure. the game, and I think that's really really greatly done. It's like this is what we're going for. Um, yeah. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Having that clear vision and they, they delivered on it. I think the facial animation uh, thing could, could just be like, Hey, we just don't have the resources to do it. Um, which again, like one of the things about this game is like, I've not come across any huge, huge bugs, nothing game breaking, Mm -hmm. nothing crazy. No, it's very smooth. You know, every once in a while I'll have some drop frames. Um, and maybe, you know, one of my companions will, We'll just like teleport but for the most sure. part there's sure. like nothing going crazy and i think it lends itself to it's like instead of trying to do everything and trying to like get everything like it would be great to great get those really articulate facial animations but if i had to choose between that and having a game that's not broken i'd rather pick the game that's yeah. not broken um, for sure so yeah they did a great job there um as far as the game is concerned um yeah so you said you played kingdom hearts what made that game so good because you played that before kotar right um yeah i think i did because i had a playstation 2 first Mm -hmm. and then i got my xbox and that's when i played kotor and i played a little bit of jade empire as well i forgot to mention that um i didn't get very far in it though sure um let me see what made Kingdom Hearts great? I don't. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time, but I was very into that game. Well, the, it's it's it was <laughs> at a time. I like it. It was the story. Mm-hmm. It was the characters in some ways. It was just cool to see some of these Disney characters or storylines being looked at in a different perspective. Sure. Uh, the combat was really fun. It felt it felt weighty. It felt important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a long time since I played it. But one thing I will say. Um, that I think it did a good job of, uh, and one thing I think that most RPGs do a good job with, this is another component of it, is that their character development and character progression systems are are good. Yeah. Um, they make sense. So, like, even in Kingdom Hearts, like, you could get stronger swords in new areas, or you could get a new, like, a stronger wand for... Um, uh, Donald, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, to be able to, because he was the magician or right. whatever. Um. And thinking through like the the best uh, games I've uh, played, they let you do that. They let you customize your character in such a way that you can make these very synergistic builds to play a certain style right. um, of play. So like the last time I played through uh, Kotor, which I guess I've done like two or three times now, um, <laughs> I, I played through a very like focused character type where my whole job was to stun enemies. Mm-hmm. Or to sneak up on them. And either way, if you stun them or you sneak up on them, you do bonus damage on your next attack. Right. Uh, so like a sneak attack or a stun attack would do bonus damage. And so that was my whole character build, was me going stealthy, 
stunning characters when they saw me and then attacking them that way. And the game rewarded you for being committed on that path. Right. And doing that that way. Uh, I feel, I feel like the same thing is happening in outer worlds. Like Mm -hmm. you, you, you put points in every time you level up into certain characteristics of your character and you can go really ham in a certain area or you can kind of spread it out across different areas and really bump up your strengths in certain ways and create a synergistic build. Right. Um, and so I think that that is a really key component to a good RPG. Does, does the character progression system work well? Right. Um, Mass Effect 1, for example, wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It, it was the, the UI was really cluttered, uh, especially for like your armor and weapon systems. Like I never knew what mods I had. I never knew what guns I had. Right. Like there was like a billion of them. And it was really hard to see what was going on. And then Mass Effect 2 came in and really cleaned up a bunch of stuff. It still gave you options, yeah. but it wasn't so cluttered that you didn't know what was going on and it just made it feel very possible to create a an intentional character build in a certain way that really played to the strengths or played to the way that you wanted to play right uh, so i think that's a key component yeah i think uh mass effect one felt like it was it was created by a lot of programmers so it was a lot of really good <laughs> ideas just like really yeah. complicated um but then yeah mass effect two it's like they hired UI designers and gameplay designers and character designers that were like really yeah. helped refine and, and and smooth out what everything was. Same thing with Mass Effect Three. I think they they really nailed the ability system. Um, the companions felt a lot more controllable, like they were helping. Um, and uh, I, I think something that makes a good RPG absolutely is being able to cater to how you want to play, um, being able to customize. Yeah. So like when I when I first played Oblivion, it was the first time I ever played a Bethesda game. And Oblivion, I my character build, I thought I was going to be a hack and slash kind of guy. I was going to be like this knight. Um, I think I created this human character, and I wanted him to be kind of like melee heavy and that sort of thing. But yeah. as you know, I got a few hours into it, and I started like figuring out I was more of a stealth kind of guy. And so <laughs> yeah. when I played Skyrim... Right off the bat, like I was sneaking everywhere. I was staying in the shadows. Yeah. I was using bow. Um, I was throwing things. I think you can throw things in Skyrim. Uh, mm. I thought you could throw and daggers. You, yeah, you could throw some stuff, yeah. Um, but anyways, I was I was trying to be a ranged stealth kind of person, and so being able to adjust the or build the character to suit that play style that I wanted to play. Um, right. That's how I'm doing with outer worlds. I, I, I knew right off the bat, I wanted to do more of a stealth player. I wish they had more of like, um, executions or assassinate type stuff. Like you can sneak up. Behind yeah, for sure. doesn't have that. But, um, like I'm playing a sniper, like I have a sniper build and then, um, you know, I have a really good range. So I never get, get in close for melee and i've tried the melee stuff i like it i think it's it's really well balanced as far as playing how you want to play um but i think that's what makes a good rpg good is is customizing like you said custom being able to customize a character to play to your play style Um, right and so um I think something that I wish Witcher 3... Witcher 3 is a great RPG. It's another RPG that I've, I've probably got about 40 hours into it. Um, yeah. It's not necessarily that kind of game. Uh, you can you can do skills and you can do those sorts of things, but it's not necessarily like adjusting the game or the character to play to your play style. It's more of like a Dark oh, Souls thing. Okay. It's, you're going to come against these these certain enemies 
and then you have to adjust how you play depending on what you're fighting. Um, so it's a little mm. bit more intricate of a combat system. It, it can get a little frustrating, especially for someone like me who likes customizable characters um, for RPGs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, sure. But I once I finally understood that, I adjusted my playstyle to Witcher 3, no big deal. Um, but Witcher 3 is still a good, great RPG. The world is amazing. The story is really, really cool and intricate. Yeah. Um, and the voice acting is great. The animations are amazing. Even for, for a game that's like four years old at this point, it's still holds up. Um, that's why I'm yeah. super excited about cyberpunk, um, 2077. Right. Um, so I, I have a question that, um, I think I've made up my mind on it, uh, especially with the outer worlds coming out, but does an RPG need to be innovative in any sort of way? to before be good sorry yeah before we answer that question i had a couple other things to oh, say yeah. that about what makes it good or bad sure. um, one thing i noticed when i was playing the outer worlds is uh i think for a long time there was this big push on having massive maps right having these just humongous maps that you go anywhere do anything uh but the problem with a lot of those maps is they're massive and then empty yeah um like skyrim Yes, it's it's a humongous map, and and if you walk for a while, you can run into a enemy outpost or things like that, and that's fine. But in between the enemy outposts and the cities and the other th- and the bridges or whatever, it's like just nothing. Yeah, like there's just landscape, right? You know? And <clears throat> some of that was okay because like dragons would you'd have fight dragons in that open space sometimes, <laughs> so that was fine. But I was playing through the outer worlds, and I just thought these maps are not as big, but every bit of it feels full, right? and purposeful Mm -hmm. and i loved it i i didn't i don't care if the map is humongous right i i care that the map feels full and interesting throughout and that's something i feel like the best rpgs do it doesn't have to be a massive game but everywhere you go needs to be interesting and part of the story sure um and then also, just kind of like hearkening back to our one of our first episodes on what makes a good game good or a bad game bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, functionality. One thing you mentioned is that the outer world, the outer worlds, really doesn't have bugs. I mean, I've noticed some frame rate drops, and that's about the only technological issue I've had. Yeah. Um, but that's that tends to happen, and my system's not great anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I remember when I was playing uh, Skyrim, you know, there was this bug that broke the game in a lot of ways. Like I wasn't able to finish an entire quest line right. because of this bug that happened. And in some ways that was really annoying. I lost a lot of time in gameplay because I wanted to be able to finish that storyline. Right. And so I had to restart the entire game in order to do it. Uh, and things like that can really mess up an experience. I mean, I still sure. went back and played a crap ton of Skyrim, yeah, right. but it was a frustrating experience that made it more difficult. And I think that happens a lot, especially when there's these big pushes for like these humongous games. They have to be humongous and crazy. You know, uh, I remember Fallout seventy six was like it had to be four times the map size of Fallout four. Well, right. it's four times the map size and four times as empty and pointless. Right. You know, like it, is it full of interesting thing that's happening? And so I think that's a and, and then bugs tend to come with that kind of sure. size increase as well. So well, that's a, those are just a couple of th- things I noticed about like what makes a really good RPG. That's a good point. Um, 
like as far as the bugs things concerned, I I've mentioned it before. I don't play games on day one. I don't I don't like to play. <laughs> yeah. Just because if I'm gonna jump into a game and play like eight or ten hours of it, and then they're gonna release a patch, like I don't want to run into a bug that's gonna take me out of the world. And as you know, I I watched some reviews and all the people were like, this game has no bugs. <laughs> this game, it yeah. functions properly how it's supposed which to which is such a rarity yeah and it's really sad that that's where we're at where we're having to expect a game to release with bugs and just for it to be passionate oh, you know there's gonna be bugs <laughs> it's 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 really and the thing is i think they obsidian they decided okay this is what we're doing this is how we're gonna execute i don't think they went back and forth a bunch of times they said this is what we're doing this is how we're gonna do it and um I'm thinking I, I'm, I gotta have to guess they're gonna try and make another one and like if they want to do any more I think, my, I think Microsoft has already said there's gonna be another yeah. one yeah so I think if they're gonna try to do new things like you know change something or do whatever they'll do it in the next one um, and so I think that's where a game like um, Star Citizen they're they're at this point where they're trying to innovate and trying to create new things and they're like oh we have a new technology or we want to that game is never going to come out because they're it's constantly never coming out. They they need to just say this is what we're doing. That game is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, like, they have such good tech in there. They have some really incredible stuff. But there comes a point where you say, okay, no more new stuff. Let's finish what we're doing and put the game yeah. out. That's the kind yeah. of game like they're wanting to have like a huge, huge, long lifetime. Um, so expect you know patches and do that during patches, but finish what you're gonna do and release the yeah. game um but uh as far as the, the open worlds and maps yeah absolutely absolutely intentionality if you're gonna do a sandbox game there needs to be an intention uh it needs to be intentional so like horizon zero dawn they got it right like the world feels living there's so many different types of terrain and it's like if you wanted to to just walk the map you're never going to be bored and just get into these like dull areas where you're just walking for, you know, 10 minutes and not see anything interesting yeah. or new. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, Far Cry. I think Far Cry, I, I would consider it a uh, first person shooter RPG with RPG elements, but they do sandbox games, games really, really well. Um, it's not a lot of yeah. just empty space. We're going to do a sandbox game just for the heck of it. I think that's right. where um, Anthem has an issue. They don't. They wanted to claim they're going to be this giant open world RPG with no load screens. That's not how it turned out. That's not what they should have shot for. You know, um, they needed to. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, if they're going to create a world like that, it needs to be more populated. It needs to be more intentional. Um, and yeah. you know, if they did something more closer to what the Outer Worlds did as far as their map design, um, it would have to be a little bit bigger, of course, because the flying mechanics and stuff. But like you're right it needs to be intentional so like destiny does destiny need to be a sandbox game where you can literally fly in and out of planets like if you're flying in space is it going to be like five or ten minutes of flying to the other planet just for no reason you know that's just like loading into a planet on console anyway (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay i'm sorry i derailed us from the uh, from the question you had yeah yeah. um, so so does it have to innovate yeah does does a game have to innovate to be a good rpg i guess this can be as far as any game but an rpg doesn't need to be innovative because i think that's a lot of what's trying to like say fallout 76 um they're trying to be (sighs) an 
a different kind of MMO RPG type thing. One thing that makes that game crappy is the story, of course. You know that there's not really a story there, not anything that can yeah. keep it going for for a really long time. Um, and the hundred dollar subscription doesn't help. Um. <laughs> That's the hook. <laughs> uh, yeah. So does it have to innovate? You know, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I think a sequel has to innovate. Okay. In some way, a say, yeah. sequel to a game has to innovate. Otherwise, you just feel like you're playing a DLC to a game. Okay, well, and then let's define the term real quick. So, are you thinking refine or innovate? Because I don't think Mass Effect innovated. They just refined. That's a good point. Um, so, like, what I would consider I, innovation yeah. is, like, Fallout adding the the building system that's something that was completely different and innovative yeah i see what you mean i would say no then i would say a game does not have to innovate because if i look at the bare bones of what of what the outer worlds is yeah in a lot of ways i i've said this and i think other people have said this and i felt the spirit of playing a kotor game sure yeah um i you know, in a lot of ways, it mirrors that. Like, you go to a place, you get a ship, uh, and then you're given an opportunity to fly to these different planets to conduct missions and side, like main quest missions and side missions. And yeah. you can go in a semi nonlinear format, and you pick up, you pick up companions, and you develop your character. Right. Those systems are like, you know, it's it's a brand new story. Yeah. Uh, that's never been, that hasn't been told before. But in other ways, it's kind of derivative of Firefly and mm-hmm. things like that. So. Um, does it, but, but I'm having a blast with that game. Yeah. I do not care. In fact, I like that it reminds me yeah. of KOTOR. Right. It doesn't feel so much like KOTOR that I feel like I'm playing a reskin game. Sure. You know, it's very different in a lot of ways, but I, I love that that's the spirit of the game. And I, I, yeah, I feel totally fine. Like with the refinements that they've made to different systems, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that I can't, you know, sometimes it's like, I just want a game to be a game and not be all the games. Right. <laughs> like, I don't play Fallout to build things. I play Minecraft to build things. Right. Uh, <laughs> now, if the build system is great and cool, that could be a really great innovation. Sure. Uh, and that could be really fantastic. Mass Effect 3 did innovate, where it had, like, the the kind of horde, horde mode style game uh you know pv pve kind of deal or you would play with other people online and fight against hordes of enemies right and that was a new thing for the mass effect game uh system but i don't really remember that as the thing that stood out to me i remember the characters i remember the the progression i remember the story beats i remember you know those are the kind of things i really cared about right um so I don't think a game has to innovate for it to be an RPG has to innovate for it to be good. No, I agree. It took me a few days thinking on it. Um, and I think before I probably would have said yes, like some sort of innovation to make it stand out would have been great. But after playing the outer worlds, they, they're actually, it's more like we, we've made games before we actually made a fallout game. So we're going to actually do, a game similar but we're gonna do it well we're gonna do it right and we're gonna just we're gonna make it we're gonna we're gonna 
we're not going to do anything crazy. We're just going to make these systems feel great everywhere. So like yeah, the gonna, yeah. the enemy, like one of the my favorite things is when you shoot an enemy's leg and you cripple them, they actually react and stagger and they try to get their bearings yeah. back. That's incredible. That is cool. Um, when yeah. you hit an enemy's weak spot and it doesn't kill them, they actually try to cover it up and it stops them mm-hmm. for a second. When they're blinded, you know the the tactical time dilation thing. It's not a new system. But the way that they did it didn't make it a crutch. They made it more of like you can use that to play into your play style. So yeah, if you're a sniper or if you're a melee person, maybe you can hit a spot and then dodge away and, and be able to get behind them or something. I think for sure. I think they decided, all right, this is what we're going to do as far as systems, but we're going to do it well. We just need to execute properly everything. So the writing, the dialogue system, the story, the art design that they went for, it's a very, very, um, what's the word across the board? Like it's, they nailed it. They knew what they were going for. Unified, focused. Absolutely unified. They knew what they were going for. And across the board, even though if you get, go to different worlds, you see the same design elements, but it has a different feel depending on where you are. Um, yeah, sure. So it, it everything feels so clean and good and refined um, yeah that's great and so i i thought it was a, a breath of fresh air not having to like expect anything new and innovative Gosh. it was just like they they nailed it they just nailed the game it's just good it's just good to play and hey what do you know there's no bullcrap microtransactions right. or any of that kind of crap in it you know it's just right. fun and so <laughs> it was funny when when sorry when outer yeah. worlds was kind of first announced um it was like made by Oblivion, the original developers of Fallout, Obsidian, uh, and the developers of Fallout New Vegas. It's like right after Fallout seventy six came out, and Obsidian. Yeah. I did I say Oblivion? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, Obsidian. Uh, and, and I just thought it was so funny that they're like, we made the good Fallout's. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, we didn't uh, make Fallout 76. We want to make that very clear. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something series. like the Fallout 4. I think they they upped the, the, the gunfighting, the gunplay in it. But it still didn't feel like great. The enemy AI, the enemy movements. I think there was a lot about that game that was very unrefined um and instead of focusing on refining the game and and saying like we're gonna go with a smaller map but we're gonna make sure that this whole game functions properly and feels better like yeah it i i think they i think that's the thing that fallout keeps or bethesda keeps screwing up on was like one of their biggest hooks for fallout 76 was we have a map that's four times bigger and we have this much more detail and 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 i think people 16 times the detail yeah i think people would have been like screw that stuff just make the game play right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all that other yeah. stuff wouldn't matter if well the they game did just screw that stuff right. and it still didn't play right yeah so <laughs> i sorry that's uh, that's negative uh, it's, it's pretty negative but yes i agree it's yeah. it's it yeah so executing the execution of the game of uh i think you know we're kind of getting a little bit more broader in, in as far as just sticking to rpgs or whatnot but just like what makes a good game yeah but i think um this RPG, this the Outer Worlds, they they've just nailed the the elements of it. Um, every I system, agree. every system. Uh, so, one thing that I, I would say I would 
I think could use improving is the enemy AI. Um, I wish yeah, they would they would take advantage of of cover mechanics more. I wish they would try to maybe flank or you know spread out some. Um, but again, like it's not terrible. It's better than uh, yeah. Breakpoint. Um, it's uh, what was it? Um, Ghost Recon. Breakpoint. Breakpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I keep on saying Oblivion, and you said Breakpoint. So but but then again, it goes back to that same thing as like the fish animations. Like it's not, it's not terrible, but it's it's not necessarily great, but it's yeah. not terrible. Um, right. But they nailed everything that they needed to as far as this game being an RPG. Um, the dialogue system, the writing, the the customization system. Um, they just nailed it. And it's really, really yeah. good to see this game come out and set a standard, like a new standard. Um, yeah. As far as, as games and as far as RPGs are concerned. Because um, it's it's been kind of a, a downhill slope and you're just having to, to hope for like... <laughs> Like, yeah, it has. Like these games, like Horizon Zero Dawn, or you know, these these other studios, um, to to kind of, I don't know, pick up the slack and and put out these really amazing games. So yeah. So the uh, the moral for the story, listeners, is what makes a good RPG. It is the outer worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer to yeah. the question. I'd love to hear from you guys about what uh, what your favorite RPGs are. Mm-hmm. What made what made you love them? Um, you know, I've got I could I could talk for a long time about my favorite games and what made me love them. Yeah. Um, Kotor, Mass Effect Two, all of those. Um, so we'd love to hear from y'all. Where can they do that? Uh, Twitter um, at the EG Podcast and uh, Instagram's the same. We're just not as active on Instagram, so hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm yeah. at uh, Nick J Wells. If you want to uh, hit me up directly, yeah. And I'm at Skitch Two Five Six on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, let us know. Yeah, talk to us. Tell us what you like about RPGs. Um, tell us some maybe mechanics that were kind of terrible in some RPGs that you played. Uh, I mean. It, we're you know don't rip fallout 76 to shreds um in the comments but uh, if you want to talk about like because we we ourselves haven't played it but i mean there there are a lot of things about it where they just got wrong completely as far as the mechanics of it not just the bugs um yeah but yeah i mean talk to us tell us what you what you guys like what kind of games you like to play like which rpgs you like to play see if let us know if there's ones that we didn't mention that we should maybe check out ourselves yeah talk to us or don't we're not your dads but um yeah you know i might be you should i, I might be I might be one of your you dads. might have you might have children <laughs> around yeah no, just kidding. <laughs> um so yeah thank you guys for listening and hanging out with us and um yeah thanks you know, we'll talk to you in the next episode sounds good see y'all bye